By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. Great to welcome in the Head of Marketing for Canada and International with PAX, Sean King. Sean, thanks so much uh, for joining me on the uh, program today. Uh, We're going to have one hitters that will come out a little bit later in the week uh, talking about your (laughs) cannabis history. But uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of your journey uh, getting into the cannabis space and kind of what you did before you you, uh, hooked up with PAX. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I spent my whole career... Uh, in the advertising world, I, uh, I owned an advertising agency for almost 17 years. I was uh, I, I went up through the ranks. I started as a production artist, went to design art direction, became the creative director, the president at one point. Didn't enjoy that job, so I went back to being creative director. Uh, so a lot of years, almost 25 years uh, in the agency world. Uh, frankly, before I got a a bit tired of it, it's exhausting. I mean, like anything you you really put yourself into, it it gets tired after a while. And right around the same time that I was starting to get tired of, of the advertising business, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about cannabis legalizing uh, in Canada. And uh, <clears throat> I got approached actually to do a podcast, to host a podcast about the upcoming legalization of, of cannabis in Canada and decided to give that a try. Reluctantly, I might add, so we can probably talk a bit more about that, but, but I, I did decide to do it. And you know, learn very quickly when you decide to put yourself out there and and, and do something. You you quickly become the um, the expert, you know, in that in that field. I, I never claimed to be the expert. I, I was just willing to talk about it, I guess. And as the result of that, of of getting involved in that podcast was, um, of course, getting more involved in the cannabis industry, moderating panel discussions, you know, and learning stuff every single day. Uh, and ultimately, that led to a job at Pax, and it's a crazy story. I I um, I actually had the the chief operating officer of the Nova Scotia Liquor Corporation on the show because they were the distributor for they were going to be the distributor for cannabis in Nova Scotia and I wanted to talk to them and the guy that came on and did the show uh, ended up becoming the uh, general manager for PAX in Canada the first employee for Canada with PAX and called me up a few months later and asked if I would join him as, as, as part of the marketing team. And uh, that was almost two years ago. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. um, you know, when you're maybe not expecting things, how, how certain things fall in your lap. And I, and I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about when you're, when you're on a show and people think you're an yeah. expert, uh, you know, I, I don't not claim to be anywhere close to an expert, but I claim to talk to a lot of people who are more yeah. expert uh, in, in that philosophy, in that field. And it's the same thing. We, we used to meet a, a guy named Guy Flaming and I used to host a prospect hockey show called the Pipeline Show. Oh, yeah. 
And we always said, we're not scouts. We just talk to the scouts. But people would be asking us all yeah. these questions about players and be like, yeah, we've not watched that player live. We've just talked to people who do. So, but it, it's, you know what? Yeah. It's, it, you become more informed and, you know, maybe not an expert, yeah. but you certainly become more informed by talking to those people. So can you just tell, tell, yeah. tell us the background on, with PAX and kind of what that story is and how they've rose uh, to, to where you are now? Well, I'll tell you, I, um, you know, I was introduced to PAX just by virtue of being a user. You know, I saw the devices in the store. I saw them on a TV show once and I was blown away by just how this thing looked. Right. And so I, I sort of chased that brand down just by virtue of its, of its design. Um, but it turns out it was started. I think I got cheat sheets here because I don't even know this story off by heart, but it was started in 2007 by two guys in a Stanford design school who were, who were looking to create a sort of more modern way to smoke. So its initial use was intended for tobacco. Um, mm. You know, you skip ahead a couple of years and uh, other uses start um, becoming evident. Uh, they introduced the PAX-1 at some point, which was meant to be a loose leaf uh, cannabis or tobacco uh, vaporizer. Um, and, and from there, they kind of went into the, the extract vaporizers. They introduced the way to, um, uh, to use ec uh, concentrates, sorry, in the packs two and packs three, you know, with the uh, adapters that you could use. And so it quickly became known as the kind of the device, I guess, in the cannabis space from a vaporizing perspective. Um, you know, they were part of Juul. They created the Juul uh, uh, vape pen uh, at one point. And, and of course, Juul and, and PAX have separated separate ways, uh, gone their own way now. And, and there's probably a lot of good reasons for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's been a long journey. I think it started in 2007. And in 2018 was when was when they really kind of established themselves as, OK, you know, we're the we're the go to brand for, for vaping. So what about uh, Sean King with PAX? Uh, you know, your your title as uh, head of marketing for Canada and International yeah. uh, sounds like it's an awful lot of uh, work. And you're, you know, you obviously you come from a marketing <laughs> background and you're in yeah. a field where there's a lot of restrictions on marketing. So tell us a little bit about your job description. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You're right. We're a small team in Canada. I think there's eight of us now. Uh, and so our, our job descriptions uh, are, include all this stuff. And then they, another line that says other duties as assigned. <laughs> and all that really means is, you know, with a small team, you've got to wear a lot of hats. So yeah. I think the biggest challenge for me was was taking what, you know, the marketing space that I was very aware of from the agency side and applying that to the client side. I'm now the client. And so, uh, you know, I I am responsible for everything related to marketing in Canada uh, that includes you know everything from you know the swag that we create to retail point of sale material collateral for the devices uh, you know ad campaigns that we put out we can still do that uh, there's you know it's obviously limited but in some ways um, that's good some days some some ways that's bad so anytime we do an advertising campaign or we do anything collateral or any partnership excuse me um, that's what I'm responsible for so and luckily, I work closely with the team in the U.S. You know, uh, PAX is headquartered in San Francisco. Uh, there's a much larger team there. So I'll work with them to either implement things that they've created that we can use in Canada. Often we have to adapt that stuff because the regulations don't permit us to do things the way they do in California. Mm -hmm. uh, other times it's the other way around. You know, I'm working on something here that I think is required for Canada and the market here. And it's something that they didn't ever consider before. So they'll take the work and they'll use it in the U.S. Uh, so it's a pretty reciprocal relationship right now. It's, it's, it's going quite well. I mean, it took me, 
I'm going to say the better part of a year to kind of get my head wrapped around it. And that does not mean, by the way, that I have my head wrapped around it. It means that I have a better <laughs> sense of what I need to wrap my head around. <laughs> so it's, um, it's never a dull moment. I mean, anyone you talk to in the cannabis space will tell you it's, uh, it's chaotic at the best of times. Um, and so, you know, you sign on and you, and you sort of sit back and, and realize every day, you know, you're a part of this thing. And this thing is, is still growing. It's still, it's still becoming its own uh, industry. And, um, you know, I'm still excited to be a part of it in the early days and, and to be able to influence kind of what happens as it grows. Um, there are definitely days where you, you wish it had its shit together a bit more, <laughs> but for the most part, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, I often, I, I often tell people, it's not tell you, I, I tell people, I feel like when I joined PAX, I, I joined my favorite rock band. And that's because, like I said, I, I was such a fan of the, of the brand long before I ever set foot, you know, in this place and, and such admiration for how they were able to take, you know, something like a cannabis product and make it, you know, sophisticated and mature, you know, mm -hmm. and make you feel like, you, you know, you're not creepy standing around a corner lighting a bong, you know. And so I had tremendous respect for that. And so, so to be able to work here, honestly, it really does feel like, uh, you know, I joined my favorite band and we're, we're just trying to figure it out. Well, I can't wait for the days where we can just walk down the street with bongs. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, right? but until then, we have these sort of things that do make it discreet. So I got the yeah, uh, the cool right. case here uh, for my uh, yeah. PAX era. I got it logoed up uh, with uh, some yeah. cannabis stuff and other things at uh, Nova Cannabis on awesome. Jasper Ave here in uh, in Edmonton. So let's talk a little bit yeah. about the, the lineup of uh, vapes uh, vaporizers that you guys do have. This is the era, but take yeah. us through the two and the three, and you know we see them kind of listed there beside you on the screen yeah so like the packs two and the packs three are dry herb vaporizers loose leaf vaporizers so those are the ones that you can put any flower you know that you like inside you pack it in the oven in the bottom a nice solid pack and uh, choose your temperature of choice and you know you get to vape that and you get all the benefits you know i will tell you that the dry herb vape the packs three is my favorite uh favorite vaporizer and part of the reason you know i keep saying the way it looks i, I just like i love the way this thing looks um, but the best thing about this is, you know, you really can taste the flavor of the plant. You can moderate your, your intensity of, of your high by controlling the temperature. And when I first, um, you know, again, I mentioned that I had one of these for a long time before I joined PAX, but when I joined PAX, you know, I learned more about it. And one of the things I learned was the ability to control the outcome and the flavor based on your temperature choice. So I picked a strain. I can't remember what, which one it was now, but uh, for four nights in a row, I used it and I would use it at a different temperature just to really see what the impact was. And it blew my mind. Uh, you know, the lowest temperature, you can, you can really taste the flavor of that cultivar. You can really, you know, kind of enjoy the scents and, and the taste. Uh, but the outcome from, a, from, a, from a, a high perspective was a little less intense. And of course, as you heat it up, uh, you know, you reduce some of that flavor because the, the, the heating kind of... Uh, intensifies what's the, the vaporization of everything that's on that plant, but the intensity of the outcome is a little higher. So uh, you really can control kind of how you experience that cultivar uh, based on the way you use that device. So that would be my favorite. And the, the biggest thing, the PAX-3 obviously has the ability to use concentrates uh, and uh, dry herbs. So there's a concentrate adapter with the PAX-3 that allows you to, you know, put wax, butter, shatter, anything in the adapter and, and vaporize it that way. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, really. 
Um, when you get into PAX Era and PAX Era Pro, these devices are meant for extract, extract vaporization. So, you know, I don't know that there's a simpler device on the market. And again, I, I go off about the look of this stuff, and this is just, you know, personal preference, but the ability to just pop in that pod, you know, and you're good to go. You just inhale, there's no buttons to press. You know, I, ha I have a funny story. I, uh, the first time I was trying to convince my wife to try one of these, you know, she, she grabbed it and she said, well, how do I turn it on? You know, how do I, where's the button? And I'm like, there's no button. She goes, no, yeah, but how do I turn it on? <laughs> I was like, you just inhale. Like, it's that simple, right? So it's hard to beat that, you know? Um, again, temperature control, if you want to adjust the temperature, you just take the pot out, you click it back in, and it goes through the temperatures. And it's the same outcome. Um, you know, if you want to, if you like a hotter burn, a more intense uh, outcome, you can, um, you can turn the temperature up. Now the era, I think the one that you have right there uh, is actually done a different way. You have to shake that one first yeah. and, and pull the pod out and then you can change the temperature, but the pro, you just, you just drop it and click it back in and it, and it heats up. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty special device. And, you know, for anyone looking to put something in their pocket and, and hop on a plane or go wherever they're going, you, you can't beat the uh, the convenience and ease of this thing. It's uh, it's incredible. And I'm honestly, I'm I'm back and forth between the both of them all the time. Uh, you know, if this is sitting on the counter at night, I'll just walk by and take a hit off it. If I'm traveling, you know, that's in my bag. Um, if I'm hanging around the house a lot more and feel like I want to really taste the flower, I'll I'll pull out the Pax Three. It's it's uh it's hard to beat, man. I love it. And it also works in in some instances with a with the app. Um, you know, Apple unfortunately doesn't let any vaping going on. But if you don't have yeah. an Apple phone, you can control with your uh, the app on your phone. Yeah. So the beauty of that, you know, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. And you know, obviously, <laughs> we have no control over what what Apple has decided to do. Um, uh, but that uh, the app allows you to even go further into the controlling of that device. So for the the, the era pro for example if you if you're lucky enough to have an android phone with the app you can control the temperature to within one degree um wow uh, degree celsius you can lock the device out so if you lost it your kids picked it up or your, your roommate took it you can lock it uh if you've lost the device there's actually the ability to use a beacon and find it so and i've, I've tested this i walked around the house like i couldn't find this a couple days ago and as you get closer, the, the ring gets smaller and smaller. And when you find it, it, uh, it, it, there's a confetti of cannabis leaves that show up and, and, and your device is, is right in front of you. Um, there's lots of other features in particular, like whenever you put a different pod in that device, the information related that, to that pod will pop up on the oh, app. So, so good. everything from information about that cultivar, the THC levels, the CBD levels, the, the uh, preferred temperature settings, so most brands, they can, they can input and say, this is the best temperature for the best combination of flavor and outcome. Uh, they, they'll put a, a lower uh, setting and a higher setting based on kind of what you think you might like. You can put notes in it. You can mark your favorites. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, we, are, you know, we are working on a workaround uh, to be able to, to use that function on, a, on an Apple phone. Currently, you can use it on the desktop if you have a Mac, but it's, oh, okay. it's just not quite the same. So, yeah, I mean, the desktop app gives you all that functionality. It's a bit tougher to walk around the house and look for the, for the you know, find my device. But everything else you can still control. Control your dosing is another big thing. 
you know, if, if you were using this uh, and, and you know that a certain sweet spot is your sweet spot, this, this mm -hmm. level of intake, you can set that. Um, and you can know that every time you inhale, it'll buzz when you've hit your set dose and, and you've got what you, what you want out of it. And the beauty of that, of course, is uh, depending on how you like to use, if you want that same output, that same experience every time, you know, you can set that thing up to make sure that you get that every single time. That's There's so a lot amazing. of technology in these things. You'd never know it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it almost makes me want to go out and get an Android phone just to be able to use the app. But, you know, <laughs> as you mentioned, you can yeah. use the desktop. So, you know, at, at times yeah. on my Apple phone, like I can't get into Leafly. Like if I wanted to go to the Leafly yeah, yeah. app, it doesn't work. But I can go to leafly.ca or whatever. So sometimes you can work around yeah. that on your phone by going through the uh, the websites. And uh, it's just amazing, the technology. And, and what do people yeah, want, especially right. people new to cannabis? They want repeatability. You know, they want the same thing. So yeah. this allows you to get the same dose every time. That's incredible. Yeah. And transparency is a big part of it. Like, um, you know, you can even see, find the COA testing test results. So anything, you know, if you're curious about what's actually in this cannabis, is there anything dangerous? You know, uh, the way that it works is the, our brand partners that fill these pods can, can populate the back end of that app with all the information they want. And one of the things that they can do is put the test results uh, in there from, from the cannabis cultivars so you can see exactly what's in it. I, I wouldn't necessarily know, you know what I'm looking at, but for anyone that does, it, it, it can be there if the brand has decided to populate it with that information. Um, so yeah, it, it goes, you can really geek out on it if you choose to. Oh, it's so cool. And, uh, you know, being able to yeah. control it like that. So do you have a favorite cultivar that you like to use in the packs? And do you prefer flower or distillate? Or do you go back and forth with that? I go back and forth. I mean, I, I um, right now, uh, the, the I, I do have a balanced uh, pod in the, in the uh, Era Pro. I, I really, you were saying this earlier in a previous, uh, in our previous chat, I really am a fan of the balanced strains. I just mm -hmm. love that sort of like nice THC and CBD mix. I, I'm not as uh, into like getting completely blitzed anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I've got a buddy over and our goal is let's get really high, then, you know, sure. I, I might look to do something different. But um, but for the where I like to be with it, I've got a nice balanced pod in there now that's kind of pretty consistent. And then when I feel like uh, trying something else, I'll usually try the uh, – the packs three with, with something else. I've got a, a blend upstairs. that was kind of the last bits of a few different cultivars that I put together. And that's always nice. entertaining. <laughs> swamp water, swamp. Remember the old swamp water. Yeah. Drinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm big on the, uh, I'm big on the, the, the balance strains right now. The, the, the one-to-ones. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about something you did a few years back. You hosted a podcast about cannabis, weed or green, whatever you want to call it, but this was yeah, before yeah. legalization. So, you know, uh, you know, now it's a little bit different when I tell people I host a cannabis podcast, sometimes you still get the eyebrow raised like, Ooh, well, yeah. What are mm. you talking about? We're not five years old and I'm going to get grounded here, but people yeah. still kind of look at you a little bit. I, I wonder what that was like pre-legalization. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, I, I, I almost didn't do it. You know, this was a, this was an idea uh, from two guys that owned a, a, an audio production company. They wanted to do this podcast and they'd asked me to host it. And I, and I almost said no. And it was the advice of a few folks of mine that said, you know, why not just do it? And, and my reasons for saying no, were I was still a part of the advertising agency, I was a little bit worried about you know, what are clients going to think if they find out that I'm doing this, is this going to affect that business? 
Um, what are my uh, business partners going to think? You know, this is not something I really discussed with them. Um, and, and how did I feel about it? I mean, I didn't want to be known, you know, as the weed guy, whatever that right. meant to me at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, even the idea for the show and initially was a bit different. The idea at first was, you know, a podcast and it was going to be me and two buds. And I was like, well, it's funny, but I, I didn't, I just, I didn't necessarily want to do it like that. And so after I gave it a bit of thought, I went back and proposed the idea of maybe doing it a bit differently. Um, and, and that being taking a look and ha having guests in from all different kind of walks of life that would need to really think through all the implications of, of legalization, federal legalization in, in Canada. And, and let's bring those people in and talk to them about, about their point of view and what it means. Is it good? Is it bad? What are we not thinking of that we should be? All of that stuff. So we decided to do that. We called it Turning a New Leaf. Um, and it, we, had, we had filmmakers, we had doctors, we had lawyers, we had you know, drug dealers, we had professional athletes, uh, you name it, uh, on the show, city councilors. Uh, God, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, we had the president of um, uh, MAD, you know, Mothers Against mm -hmm. Drunk Driving. We had, uh, we all had all kinds of folks come in there and it became something I really didn't expect it to become. It became very informative. It was honest. It was sincere. Again, I wasn't the expert, so I could I could play that role, right? I was asking the same questions that anybody might want to ask. In fact, sometimes if I was kind of coming up short with 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 what to talk about, I'd reach out to a couple of friends and go, "Okay, this is who's coming on the show. What would you ask them?" Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, and it ended up just being amazing conversations. You know, sometimes we'd cut them short. You'd be going over an hour long and just be like, "Okay, we we got that's long enough." But but. Uh, just a ton, a ton of learning. Um, and, you know, it ended up, I did end up getting calls, you know, to moderate uh, panel discussions and to, to talk to groups about cannabis. And to be honest, I think it was just because I was willing to do it. I, I didn't know more than the next person at first, um, but the willingness to talk about it really opened up uh, a, lot of, a lot of discussion. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, the first people I was worried about when I decided to do it were our clients at the agency. And the first people to call me were my clients at the agency, but they called me to say, can we grab a coffee or a beer or something? Like, I'd love to talk more about this. Like, I learned so much from hearing that episode and it just like blew my mind. It was like, okay, we, you know, we're talking about it and that's a good thing. That's awesome. And, and that's the, you know, the, the beautiful surprise about, uh, you know, you, you know, sometimes you think people are going to be closed minded and they're open. And sometimes the open minded people you think are, are sometimes closed. You just never know what, yeah. uh, where people are thinking more and more people are coming out, uh, with their cannabis use as being public. And, and, and some are still wanting to keep that tucked away and you can't make somebody talk about, uh, their cannabis no. use or, or whatever it is. Everybody's got to get to that in their own space. But you know, what was the state? stigma like then compared to maybe fast forward a few years to where we are now has it changed in yeah. your opinion and how much yeah i mean i think it's changed a little bit you know i would say that when we started that so that would have been 2018 i guess with the year before or 2017 the year before legalization and um and remember you know you'd be in a room with people and and nobody would sort of talk about cannabis and then you know if it came up hey what you know you're doing this podcast and all of a sudden the group that started off with two people would become four people become six become eight and all of a sudden hmm. the whole room's talking about cannabis and you realize everybody in there uses but no one wanted to mention it you know right. um and so 
that has changed a, a bit now. I mean, obviously, I mean, my whole family is employed by uh, cannabis companies to some degree. And so cannabis has become a regular part of our daily, uh, hourly life and discussion. Um, and I will tell you, for me personally, you know, back when I did that podcast, I was nervous to mention that I was doing it. And now I'm super proud of it. You know, uh, very, very keen to have conversations with people that want to talk about it. And I don't feel the urge to, you know, encourage or get involved with someone who's dead set against it. It's just, it's just their thing. It's, That's right. You know, and, and so it's, um, it's gotten a lot easier to talk about. I still, you know, and again, one of the things that I love about, about, about PAX devices you know, is I'm, I'm not ashamed at all to pull that out in public and, and go, yeah, this is my cannabis device. Look how cool this is, yeah. you know, versus I used to get angry at the news. You know, every time they talked about cannabis legalization, they'd show some, some crappy joint and somebody's disgusting fingernails and make it look so gross, you know? <laughs> I was like, it's not like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Um, so that's beautiful. kind of my agenda now, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a beautiful plant that helps a lot of people and and is yeah. uh, you know very fun to use in a in a recreational way. And and something that you and I talked about in in our kind of our pre conversation before the the interview was about you know understanding yeah. more about the plant and realizing you know I used to be give me that I'm gonna get high and now I'm like hey I'm gonna explore this plant because it has benefits for my mental health or I'm gonna explore this plant because yeah. it makes me feel good in this way and, and helps me with this. When did you come to the realization? that you know it's not just about getting high it's not just about thc yeah. our, our slogan on this show is it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy when did that light bulb kind of go off for you you know i would say it was uh, about halfway through the the podcast we 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 did it for about a year and so i would say about six months into it you know after talking to a couple of doctors after learning more just you know the more into that podcast i got the more learning i wanted to embark on myself you know i thought Hey, you know, maybe I should know more about this. And, you know, very quickly, I was like, wait a minute, I can, I can choose these, these cultivars based on my intended outcome. That's a thing. Like I could do that. And so I started doing that and started trying it to, to test if it was legit. I, I kind of got over the fear of, you know, what if it's bad? What if it's a bad trip? Cause I started to get comfortable with, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen. I'm maybe I'll spiral mentally. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll need a nap, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so once I got past that and was sort of more willing to try and actually paid attention to what was happening with when I tried something different, I, I didn't go so far as to make notes, but I did have a, I will tell you, I have a, a cupboard in my house. It's this long, almost like an apothecary shelf. And the left side, it was, was all sort of CBD dominant strains and the right side was all THC and it went left to right, low to high and both sides. And I would literally open that up and I had all the percentages written on it and, and I would go, okay, I feel like this one. And I would, I would try it and I would make note of the effect. Um, that's how I got, I kind of started to figure out the, the terpenes and the effect of the terpenes uh, versus just THC levels. Um, and, you know, I, I remember one moment very clearly where, where, you know, the whole, the old adage about indica is supposed to make you feel, you know, sleepy and drowsy and, and fatigue mm-hmm. is supposed to make you feel energetic. But I remember one time, you know, trying an indica and just like, just feeling like blitzed. Like I was like, wow, I can kind of do something. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if this is true, this indica sativa thing, you know, only to find out it turns out it's not. And so, um, you know, my own experiences and willingness to try it over time helped me understand that I could use this more intently. 
And, and that's the best thing, you know, it's like wine. And, you know, Tim, my, my counterpart at PAX is actually a sommelier, a wine sommelier. And um, there's so many uh, comparisons to how you can choose and use cannabis the way you do wine. It's, it's actually very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flavors. And, and, and there's yeah. so much, uh, uh, with yeah. that. And I, and I think journaling, especially for somebody new to cannabis is so very, very important. If you really want to get serious about yeah. it, because we tend to forget things, uh, that we come up with, uh, sometimes when we are yeah. a little bit high. <laughs> so I think it's really important just to write down yeah. or even have like those voice memos on your phone to listen back later. And then yeah. you, you kind of know what's going on. So you deal yeah. obviously with Canada and international. So, you know, what do you think, you know, can, what have you seen since legalization as far as the opinion? of Canada what's the what's the international opinion of Canada do you think you know I don't know if I'm fully qualified to answer that question I mean as much as I deal with people in other markets a lot of our conversations are really around kind of what we can or can't do there versus here and vice versa but probably the best example I have of 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 really understanding and and frankly a reminder of what Canada was and is doing I, I did a, a trip to Amsterdam, uh, I think during the first, no, it was just before legalization and, and actually, again, decided to do an episode of the podcast there. And I ended up talking to a, an employee at a coffee shop, which, by the way, are the only places you can legally, I'll come back to that, uh, purchase cannabis in Amsterdam because it's not actually legal there. And I, I totally thought it was. It's been decriminalized. Uh, decriminalized. Um, and so I, I got this guy to sit with me and chat about it. And, uh, you know, he said he thought that, you know, the Netherlands was missing out because they weren't, you know, they weren't benefiting from any tax revenue. Um, the cannabis there was not regulated. So, you know, we were we were in a, a shop at one point and I was looking at the, the cultivars and I was kind of, well, what's in this? And the guy's like, well, I don't know. That's that's what it's called. That's what it is. Right. And I was like, this is a whole different, you know, I've forgotten that that's what it was like before we knew you know, what the THC levels were, or CBD levels were. Um, and the fact that it wasn't regulated actually kind of scared me a little bit. And, uh, you know, he, he said that he was, uh, he was uh, admiring Canada for actually making it safer and reaping the rewards benefit, uh, financially, you know, from the tax revenue, et cetera. And, and sort of was hoping that, excuse me, that they would eventually do that. So, you know, based on that and other sort of small anecdotal uh, conversations that I've had, it's not hard to to understand why folks would be watching Canada to see what happened, you know, see how it's going. The same way we did, you know, before we le- we legalized and we would pay attention to certain states when they were mm-hmm. when they were launching, you know, rec cannabis. So it, it's no different. But I, I think um, a lot of those folks would probably have strong opinions on how we've done it. But we'll see what happens to them when they decide to go federally legalized. Yeah, listen, I, I think Canada has the opportunity, and, and maybe we've lost part of it, to be that legal Amsterdam. I'm not saying that the whole world is going to look at Canada and we're going to change the Canadian flag to have a pot leaf on it, but we could really take advantage of cannabis tourism in this country. Um, you know, yeah. it, as you mentioned in our conversation, a lot of the people that do walk around smoking weed in Amsterdam are tourists because they think it's yeah. legal. Well, it is legal yeah. here and you can yeah. hopefully go to cafes and things like that at some point. And so I, I, I think that's a, it's a really good observation that a lot of countries that are targeting legalization are going to be using some form of the blueprint that we did, just like Canada used Denver yeah. and, and other states as well. Yeah. And you, ref, you refine 
find those uh, certainly as you as you go. And Mexico is uh, you know knocking on the door of legalization as well. So let's yeah. wrap up with this question. I always like to ask every one of my guests, what do you think is the next big thing in cannabis? As we've seen it rolled out uh, over the two plus years, whether it's in Canada or worldwide, what do you think is the big thing yeah. in cannabis coming up? I'm going to say acceptance. Mm. Like the idea that, you know, we can fully accept it as part of our culture. Um, And so, you know, you speak a little bit about the regulations, uh, the idea that, you know, I know from enough people I've spoken to that the idea really is to, is to go hard and, and go tight with the regulations and make sure we aren't putting anyone in danger. And as we as we get a better understanding and we're more educated, we can loosen those reins and, and free things up. And I, I think eventually that we'll we'll do that, and that there will be cafes and places that you can go to enjoy uh, responsibly. And and a full full acceptance would be would be the biggest thing I think that could happen. And I don't know how many years uh, away from that that we are, but um, I, I I've stopped trying to predict what the next product will be, what the next device will be, because who knows, right? I mean, I think we're going to try a ton of things. Some of those things are going to be great. Some of those things are going to fail. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the more we do that, the more we, the more we introduce products, the more we have these types of conversations, um, that people will just generally see it as part of our everyday life. You know, the sky is not going to fall. Uh, and that we've done it. You know, we, we, we did it here. Um, and and we, I don't think we can lose sight of that. I mean, that's probably the thing that I, that I like the most about what's happening. Yeah, indeed. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, Sean. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on the vibe at uh, Relevant for the Cannabis 101 podcast so we can continue this conversation uh, down the road and get some of the uh, the listeners and the viewers involved as well. Best of luck uh, with things at PAX. And obviously the website is www.ca.pax.com if people want to check it out. And uh, some cool stuff. You can get your very own engraved <laughs> PAX era, like I have the Cannabis 101 podcast, and uh, we might have a few of these for our listeners and viewers coming up in the uh, next no. little while. So I'll, I'll make sure they're uh, keeping tuned in. Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciated your time. Thanks, guys. and follow us on social media at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram, and at the Canna 101 podcast on Facebook. You can email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com.